0: Hey y'all, welcome to the Beggars and Brawlers podcast. This is officially episode number two, recorded December 2nd of 2020, and this week I need your help. My designers gave me two covers for the next book, and they both look great, and I don't know which one to pick. So covers are a weird thing. I'm not a visual artist. I draw lots of weird pictures when I'm world building my worlds, but for the most part, I know that I'm not good at it, but I need them to sell my books. I mean, you don't buy a book without a cover and sadly the old adagé is false that you can't judge a book by its cover. These days when you go on Amazon, you can see some bad covers and usually that's a pretty good indication that the book's not great. So I don't want to fall into that trap. I'm definitely not designing these covers myself because they would definitely fall into that trap Um, so I had a designer do it a different one that I've worked with before and they gave me two amazing covers I mean I love both of these guys and not being a visual artist that's kind of as much as I've got is wow I really love these and I'm trying to think about you know what story does this seem like it's going to be because I think that's important that the the cover not just look good but it tell you something about the story I've been to panels where they talk about how there are all these subtle things in covers that kind of clue you into what the story is going to be like. You know, like if you see train tracks receding into the distance or it's dark with like some lights through the woods, that's probably going to be a thriller, maybe a detective novel. Obviously, in my genre of fantasy, you've got the epic character holding up a sword and looking at a giant battlefield, and you're like, okay, this is going to be epic fantasy, whereas if you've got the lady in leather pants whose hands are glowing looking at the cover, that's probably urban fantasy. There's some obvious things like that, but I think there's a lot of really subtle stuff too. So as I'm looking at these two, I'm like, which one of these really says the story that this is going to be better? It needs, of course, to say that this is epic fantasy, because that's what I write. But it also needs to show the tone of the book, which to me is is serious our main character is serious but it's not dark it's not grim dark there's not a lot of grisly deaths or unlucky events Um, without spoiling the ending it's not a super dark book and i want it to show the character too i think people look at that character on the cover and there's a subtle feeling of do i want to follow this story or on a deeper level do i want to be this person for a while you know if you see someone that looks awful or doesn't look anything like you you might think "Mm, this book's probably not for me so I'm also wondering about the character. Does it really show the character of my story? So probably not easy for you to do this (laughs) for a number of reasons. The first one being this is a podcast and I can't show you pictures. Um, We've got a quick solution for that. If you look in the show notes, there's links to the two covers um, and I'll describe them to you, but that doesn't help very much. Uh, And then the other problem, of course, is that you haven't read the story. So you're kind of like, Levi, how am I going to tell you if it fits the story? I haven't read it yet. So I'm gonna give you a little blurb on that too, but first uh, let's look at those covers. So if you click on the first one, it says the water temple cover. Um, there is a water temple in this book. The setting is totally appropriate. Uh, it's got a very powerful woman facing forward. She's got her hands up. There's like magical water floating around her, And then there's this kind of epic sort of Colosseum looking background. It's kind of dark. It's very blue, uh, which makes sense because so much of the book is about water. So that's the first one. Then the second one, the link is called Water City. Uh, And in this one you see a girl who's walking from the side and she's kind of spinning to look at you like she's been discovered. She's got a staff in her hand and her hair is spinning out. And she has this expression that's somewhat surprised and also kind of defiant. Um, And there isn't as much water magic-y stuff in here. There's a few sparkles around the edges. uh, And then there's uh, a city in the background. The city looks inviting and the colors are much more like sunset-y kind of tan colors. So take a look at those guys. And then the first thing I want to know is what's your gut reaction? Which one do you just like better? Without thinking about anything else, which one grabs you? If they're both sitting on a table which one would you pick up first? So remember that reaction. I've got mine, but I'm trying not to spoil yours by talking about mine because like I said, I'm not a visual artist, even though I am a reader. And then we got to figure out which one of these promises the story better because if we like both of them and I like both of them, then it comes down to which one is going to give people a better impression without reading of what the story is probably going to be. So hopefully I pull in the right readers. So without reading it, um, and describing it rather than trying to lure you in, I'd say something like Daughter of Flood and Fury is a fast-paced action-adventure fantasy um, focused on a girl born with a man's magic whose father dies under mysterious circumstances. When his killers come after her, she has to go undercover in a strange city looking for clues while the killers get closer to her. The Her threat grows as her investigation uncovers more clues as to who did it and that person gets desperate and that kind of thing. So, um, our main character, Alethea is a serious girl, but there's lots of humor in the book. There's a little bit of romance. Um, and audience wise, it's written for anyone from high school age up basically. So it's not like a massive book and it's not really complex language. So, um, given all that looking at these two covers, which one seems more like that story (laughs) I know it's kind of a kind of a stretch to ask you that, but that's that's what I'm facing. And I I need a second opinion. So um, think about that. And uh, then click the link below it. There's a poll that you can take. It's really simple. It just says, which one do you like better? And then which one do you think promises a story better? And you can add more notes if you want to. So click on that link and let me know because I really could use your help in this. And um, theoretically, you're my target audience because you are listening to this. So you must have read my books and like them. And I need to know which one is going to work better for you. Uh, whatever choice that people come up with, that is literally going to be the cover that I pick. Because <laughs> like I said, I like both of them. So your vote matters. <laughs> uh, in other news this week, um, I'm making progress on Daughter of Flood and Fury. The copy edit is 100% done, which feels good because copy editing is drudgery. The plans for the sequel, which I'm just calling DOF2. I call this book DOF because I writing Daughter of Flood and Fury is a lot, so I just make it into an acronym, D-O-F-F. So DOF2 is 95% planned, um, and it's 8% written, which might not make a lot of sense, but I like to leave some room in my plan. I'm naturally a planner, but I discovered if I plan too much and too precisely... I end up writing these kind of stilted boring things where the characters do stuff because the plot needs them to rather than because it makes sense for them to do it. So I tried not to overplan it. Um, and I've also got, uh, this one brilliant friend, um, who runs a distillery in Boulder, Colorado. You should go visit (laughs) deviant spirits. And, um, he's so good at talking out story and I haven't talked this out with him yet. So we got a phone call tonight. And I'm gonna lay it on him, and he's probably gonna rip apart my ideas. So I can't call the plan done until we've gone through it together. So um, that's why it's not quite planned, but I'm still writing it. And you might think, this is nuts. You haven't put the first book out yet. Why are you writing the second one? And that's just kind of how publishing works it takes a while once you finish the book to get the audiobook made and get the covers made and then you upload it and there's a lag there. And promotion wise, you have to kind of plan at least a few weeks ahead. So you get all your pieces in order to have this big epic launch. Uh, And that stuff is time sensitive, but it doesn't take all my time. So it makes sense to just start writing the next one. I wrote 3000 words on it today, which is a lot for me. Uh, I was writing a pretty cool action sequence, which you'll You know i think that book's going to come out in march maybe so um you'll get to read it eventually but in the meantime we got to pick a cover for this first one so let me know what you think i guess other notes from me is uh in reading uh these last couple weeks i slowed down on that romance i was reading the siren and i got totally lured in by fonda lee's jade city um have you read this book it is amazing Uh, 1960s gangsters in this fantasy version of Hong Kong where jade is a magical resource that uh, gives you enhanced strength and perception and skill and a few kind of more magical things that you can do like uh, telekinetic manipulation but not just anyone can use it because it'll drive you mad with an addiction to its power or just straight up madness what they call the itches so this is where the kind of Hong Kong Asian influence comes in you have to train in martial arts to be able to handle the jade power so you've got these gangsters who are all loaded up with jade and wearing these cool jade necklaces and it's studded in their body but they're also all martial arts badasses (laughs) and uh, it tells the kind of gangster story that you expect from the godfather about two opposing families and the family dynamics within them and eventually there's a lot of conflict and they have to make hard choices and man this book was amazing i loved it Um, I wrote a total fan letter to Fonda Lee afterwards being like, how did you do this? I need to learn. Um, so I totally recommend it. If you are looking for a read and that sounds at all cool, you're not going to be disappointed. Um, and then Brandon Sanderson's new book dropped. And of course I'm excited to read that the rhythm of war. But in the meantime, he put out a novella beforehand and I say novella in air quotes because it's Brandon Sanderson. This thing is I think 74,000 words, which is literally lots longer than most of the urban fantasy novels that you'll find out there, but he's calling it a novella. So I started reading that. It's called Shard. Um it's really good. It's got a lot of mystery to it, and I don't know, great writers, there's just this mysterious way that you get pulled in, and you get excited about reading the next section in the book that you just can't even put your finger on. It's just there, so... I don't know if I got that thing or not. I hope that you feel like I've got that thing, but I sure feel it in other writers. Fonda Lee had it for sure with Jade City and Dodge has it too. And yeah, you just I'm just pumped to sit down every night and read more of this book. I don't want to watch a show. I don't want to play a video game. I just want to read my books, which is pretty awesome. So that's my goal, to write books for you that, that read the same way. Um, and hopefully we'll put a good cover on this one. Let me know what you think would be the best. And I'll talk to y'all next time. For more information on Levi Jacobs and his books, including the award-winning Beggar's Rebellion, visit www.levijacobs.com. Or, for a free Resonant Saga audiobook, only available to podcast listeners, send him an email at brawlers at levijacobs.com. Thanks for listening, and read on.